About 30 years ago, when I was about 17, 18 years old, I went to seminary school. I was a minister in my church. I would pray and I would, I would uh, encourage people. And I got up to do my first sermon. Didn't go over so well. I got up there and started to, thought I was preaching. The pastor comes behind me, he said, well, if God called you, he would qualify you. And I don't think he will be qualified. So, so I was very, very happy. I went home and prayed. I said, God, what is going on? He said, well, that's not where you're going to minister. You're not going to do that. That's, you won't be in the pulpit. I said, oh, thank God. Because, you know, you look at people like Pastor Joel, if you step on his foot, he's going to pray for you. Step on mine, I'm going to punch you. You mess around and hit this bunion, you're really going to be in trouble. But, but I, I'm, I'm grateful for, for the opportunity of understanding what I was supposed to do. God, and I, when, I, when I prayed, God showed me my ministry would come through movies and television. And, and listen, just because I'm a Christian who makes movies, don't, don't think that all my movies are going to be Christian. Sometimes they'll be sci-fi, sometimes they'll be rated R. They'll be all over the place because I'm an artist. I want to tell all kinds of stories. But what is important to me is that as I'm telling stories, that there is a message of hope that people take with them. So, so if you guys can understand that and appreciate that with me, I, I'm grateful for it. We talk about this moment where, where I was trying to get the career off the ground and all of a sudden it started taking off. And I was in demand everywhere. We were selling out. We couldn't add any more seats to the theater. I was doing 350, 60, 70 shows a year. Just wouldn't stop. Just performance after performance after performance. And something was happening. You ever find yourself in a moment where everything is going great and then all of a sudden you get anxiety about something? I found myself having great anxiety about being able to fly. I was a very, very nervous flyer, you know, coming from a kid who had nothing, who had never been on a plane to 20-something years old, put me on my first plane, and I didn't understand it. I was scared to death. I get on the plane with my oil. I had a friend named Nita. She gave me oil, just oil. She would just pray over it. And, oh, I had olive oil all over myself, just anointing the door as I'm going in, anointing every seat. People coming behind me going, what is this all over the place? Get to my seat, we take off, flight attendant come on and say the stuff, they say I didn't hear none of it, I was just holding on, holding on, holding on. We take off, I'm white knuckled. You have not seen white knuckles until you see a black man with white knuckles holding on to something. So there I was, in demand, but afraid to fly. Then the horror of 9-11 happened and I stopped flying altogether. I said I can't do it anymore. I started taking my bus everywhere. So I was on the bus and my promoters and the people in my business folk were like, Tyler, my agent, like, what do you mean? You're, you're coming to California on a bus? Yeah. How long does that take? I don't know, four days. <laughs> you know how much time you're wasting? You, you don't want to get on a plane and just come? No, no, no. I can't do it. I can't do it. So finally, I was one day I was running in the park. I said, God, I got to do something. I'm getting all this demand and this is hindering the blessing that you've given me. It's hindering me because I'm afraid to fly. So. What I did was I'm running in the park one day and I'm exercising and I see this little plane in the air and it's, it's being tossed around and I immediately start praying for the people on the plane. I say, Lord, have mercy, help them, Lord, all that turbulence, help them. Jesus, Shabbat, oh, she Shabbat, Jesus. You know it's bad when you call Jesus and Shabbat at the same time. And then the plane gets lower and lower and then all of a sudden it comes down and land. I realize it's a toy. There's a man flying a remote control airplane in the park. 
And I said, you know what, I'm going to go buy one of those. Maybe that's what I need to be all right. So I go and I go to the hobby shower and I said, okay, let me have one of these. I don't read the instructions. I don't do any of that. Just like a man, just take it home, take it out of the box, take off. Boom, crash, two seconds. Did nothing to help me. Went back the next day, bought another one. Boom, same thing. About the fourth or fifth time I went, the old guy that worked there, he said, son, you got more money than sense. Said, come here, sit on the simulator. Let me show you how this works. And he started explaining to me how an airplane works, how the wings have lift and the airfoil, and how there's an aileron that goes right and left, and there's an elevator that goes up and down to make the plane go up and down. Then there's yawing and all this stuff. And as I was learning, I got fascinated. So I bought it and started flying. And I was like, Yeah, I got it now. I got it. I'm gonna be able to fly. So I started flying again. Then I said, You know what? I'm gonna get my pilot's license. So one day I'm walking into an airport and I see this little plane. It uh, looks like a little Volkswagen with wings. It was called a Cirrus, and they were explaining to me what's great about the Cirrus is that if you get in trouble, there's a parachute. You pull a handle inside, a rocket shoots out in a parachute, it lets the whole plane come to the ground. I said, yep, that's the one I want. That's the one I'm gonna fly on right there. So I called the salesman and we go up, and he takes me up, and I've never been in a plane this small. He took me up early in the morning. The air was smooth, wonderful, it was great. We're taking off. I said, like, wow, this is really nice. He said, you want to try the yoke? I'm like, sure. No white knuckles. I'm just taking the yoke. Planes moving from left to right. I was like, okay, I'll buy it. Called him the next day. I said, you know what? Let's go up again just so I'm, I'm sure and comfortable. He said, okay, well, I only have a slot in the afternoon. So we go up in noon. Now, if you know anything about flying, the middle of the day in the heat and the thermals is not very comfortable. So we take off and we're in the heat and thermals and the plane is bouncing around. I mean bouncing. A little plane and I am having a fit. I'm like, uh, we gonna have to land. He's like, no, 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 just stay. I'm like, nope, nope, land, Shaba, I can't do it. Land, <laughs> land, land, I need my feet on land. He said, hold on just a minute. Air traffic control comes over in a headset and the lady says, 378 Gulf Lima, climb and maintain 6,500 feet. So he pushes the throttle, hit the elevator up, the plane goes up, we go up. And we break through this layer where all of this turbulence was happening. Then all of a sudden, we got to a place where everything was smooth. All because somebody said, climb and maintain. Climb and maintain. Climb and maintain. If you don't remember anything else I said today, remember, climb and maintain. If it's turbulent and there's trouble, go higher. Don't sit there. If the devil is breathing down your neck, he's right where he's supposed to be. Because the Bible says you ought to say, get thee behind me, Satan. But if you want him to flee, just submit to God and resist him and he's got to flee. I've never seen anybody in the presence of God worshiping and praising and the devil was able to stay. If you want him to flee, you got to praise and worship. You got to pray and worship. You got to climb and maintain. You got to get into the word of God.